Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. Mark chapter 8, Clarity is our message today, beginning with verse 22. When they arrived at Bethesda, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged Jesus to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, Yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. Everybody say again. And his eyes were open, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Loving God, thank you for your word. We appreciate your word that is living, that is powerful, that is bread for us, meat for us, milk for us, that feeds our faith, that conquers our fears, that shows us who we are, shows us who you are. Anoint your word today as I share it, Father. Anoint your servant and anoint your people. Have your way in this beautiful congregation across this city. In every campus, have your way, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I was reading this uh, beautiful story of Christ, and I was touched by the again part of it. And it really had a meaningful impact in my own life just a couple weeks ago. And I feel like I was supposed to share it with you as C3 Auckland, what God has for you in this season. The story begins with the, the beautiful portrait of friends bringing a blind friend to Christ. And it says that they brought this man to Jesus and they begged Jesus to touch the man and heal him. I love the passion and the persistence of the friends of the blind man that would not have their friend not be touched by Christ. And there's something that happens in prayer when we pray and make this kind of, this, this kind of bold declaration, nobody in my family is not going to be saved, that none of my children are going to walk away from Christ, that whatever is broken or whatever is disrepaired, whatever is blinded, whatever is blurred in my family, Christ is going to heal. And so they brought him. I, the, the picture is for C3 that God's anointed this movement as a soul-winning movement. We praise God for every life that is here today, but we lay claim to the hundreds of thousands in this city that have not yet had their eyes open to who Jesus is. And next time you're tempted to tell your pastor, oh, pastor, the church is big enough. May God help you see the heart of God, not for who is here, but for who is not here yet, for who has not had their eyes open. Let us always live as those that have found Christ with the continual obligation that we have a, uh, an assignment to bring others to Christ like someone brought you to Christ. Someone prayed for you. Someone in this story begged Christ. That's a portrait of intercession that cries out for the sinner to be saved, the blind for us to have sight. As the great song says, I once was blind, but now I see. May God give us all that, that beautiful persistence. Don't give up on anybody in your world. I don't care how lost or blind they are. 
Don't give up on the sinner who is acting in a hostile way against your faith. Maybe they're acting in that way because they're the most convicted person in your family. There's no such thing as an unredeemable person or an unredeemable place. May God restore our passion for the lost, our passion to bring people to Christ, as, as, the, as Timothy preached in his gospel. that Paul said to Timothy, I'm, I'm confident, I'm assured of this. This is a saying worth everyone believing that Christ Jesus came to this world to save sinners. Christ came to save us. He came to save Auckland, to save New Zealand. I believe the greatest revival of souls, the history of this nation is about to occur. I believe the greatest revival in the history of C3 is about to happen. And you are going to be a part of it. You here, you in Albany, you in Monaco, wherever you are, God's going to use you. God's going to put people on your heart that he wants to reach, that he wants to bring to the kingdom of God. In chapter 2 of the same book, there's a story of Christ preaching at a house, and there were so many people in the house that you couldn't get in a door or window. It was just overflow crowd. And four men showed up with their friend who was paralyzed, and they couldn't get in. And so instead of going home disappointed, they climbed up on the roof, and they brought their friend by pulleys, by, by, by ropes. He, he's paralyzed. He's hanging upside down. But they, they did whatever it took. And, and the Bible says, when they broke through, Jesus saw their faith and healed their friends. Your faith can heal your friend. Your faith can heal your family. Your faith, all through the Gospels, there's the story of someone else's faith bringing salvation, deliverance, and healing. There was a woman crying out to Jesus, my daughter is at home sick. Her faith healed her daughter. A centurion said, my servant's at home sick. His faith healed his servant. Your faith can save your family. Your faith can heal your family. Don't ever stop believing that God wants to reach. Our faith in Christ can see this city have the greatest revival it's ever had. That's what God would do with us and through us. And my second point is that verse 23 says, in such beautiful imagery, it deeply touched me. And I don't know how I'd missed this over the years, but the Bible says Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out. The picture of a loving, caring Savior grabbing the hand of the blind man and leading him to the place of healing is such a great image for us that we are never so blinded that his hand does not extend toward us. We are never so discouraged or broken, lost or hopeless that he doesn't care for us. He reaches out his hand, and when we join the hand of our Savior, he will always lead us into a place of healing. Like David said, he leadeth me beside still waters in the pastures of green, flourishing blessing. He leads us to a good place. No matter where you are now, grab the hand of a loving Savior. Sometimes we don't know how to get there. We don't know how to go there. We don't know what's next, and we don't know what God is going to do. We just have to trust God with a blind faith that says, I don't know how, when, or who, or where, but Jesus, I have your hand, and I know you're going to take me there. I know that I'll end up where I'm supposed to be because of your love and care for me. Thank you, Jesus. 
Oh, what a loving Savior we have who takes our hand while we were still blind. Romans 5 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't come for righteous people. He came for sinners. God loves sinners. He loves the lost. He's not at war with mankind. He cares about our family. He cares about this region. John said this, for God so loved the world. God's still in love with the world. The proof of God's love for you is Jesus. And the proof of God's love for this world is Jesus. God's not at war with mankind. God has settled his accounts at the cross. And now the good news is everybody can come to God through Jesus. Every sin can be forgiven. Every life can be restored and redeemed. That's the good news. It's for whosoever will, let them come to Christ. With a, Jesus prayed for the man, and when he prayed for him, he then asked him, can you see anything now? Let me ask you this morning, what do you see? What do you see now in your story, in your journey, in your life? Because it's important. You, you, you see, the idea of vision is not just some kind of preacher's emphasis or, or sermon or, or uh, you know, philosophy or theology. Vision is the blueprint of your life. The vision you have today is the blueprint of the life you'll have tomorrow. And, and, and so God wants you to be a person of vision. Can you see anything now? Sometimes we can go through so much agony, so much disappointment, or just so much uh, delayed fulfillment of promise, like we sang. The long night when nothing's happening, that we, we become blinded. We become blinded, but, but a, a couple of points here. The vision you have for the future determines the decisions you make today. People that have no vision for their tomorrow will always make bad decisions in their today. So, so when we don't see what God has for us, we make wrong and incomplete or even hurtful decisions. We do the wrong thing because we don't see the long vision of God for our lives. And, but God has a dream for you. God has a plan for you. God has a vision for your life as his child. And, and so what do you see? Zechariah 4, the same idea happened. An angel appeared to Zechariah. And here's what the angel says to him. An angel who talked with me came, verse 1, and wakened me as a man who's wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? Ah. So there it is. What do you see? Zechariah wasn't physically asleep. He was spiritually asleep. We don't want to miss everything that God has for us because we are not in tune. As Ephesians says, redeeming the time by understanding that what the purpose of God is in that season. We don't want to miss the harvest season that we don't see. One day, Christ was just sitting by a well, minding his own business. All 12 of the disciples went to get lunch. I don't know why it took 12 of them to go to McDonald's, but they all went to the city. And Christ is in a little hill. He's on a well sitting by a well, and a woman comes up there. He has a dialogue with the woman. By the end of the conversation, the whole city had climbed up that hill to talk to Christ and to hear the gospel. The disciples, who, who were probably only gone an hour or less, when they came back and saw hundreds or thousands of people surrounding Christ, they, they, they were flabbergasted for a bunch of reasons. Christ 
tore down every possible wall. He tore down the wall of sexism by reaching a woman, a single man reaching a kind of single woman. He tore down the wall of racism, a Jew reaching a Gentile. He tore down the wall of religious prejudice by the Jewish faith had a prejudice against the Samaritan faith because they were half Jewish and half Samaritan, half Gentile. So they're shocked by what Christ did, but Christ is feeling the euphoria, the, 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 the tremendous joy of that moment. And he said to them, don't you guys say three or four months, then comes the harvest. But I say to you, lift up your eyes now and look on the fields, for they are already white to harvest. As I read that verse years ago, the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart the sentence, Michael, when you can see what other people can't see, you can do what other people can't do. And so God would help us see the possibilities. Anybody can see what's wrong. Kingdom people see how God wants to make it right. Anybody can Listen, may God help us to be experts on what God can do instead of what the devil's doing. We refuse to give the devil airtime at C3. We're talking about how good our God is, how great his purpose, how magnificent his kingdom is. That's our hearts. Can you see anything? But sometimes life can knock the vision out of you, but God would help us. One day the Lord said to Abram, before he became Abraham, he was Abraham. He was Abram. And he said to Abram, after he had separated from Lot, God will always, there, there are some people that can't go where you're going. And if God takes them, you don't need them. So Lot leaves him and God speaks to him and says, God took him to a high mountain and said to him, Abram, from the place you are now, look north, south, east, and west. For all the land you see, I will give to you and to your descendants forever. Now, here's what God spoke to me when I first started the ministry. He said, Michael, if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. So, so the devil is in the business of blurring and blinding our vision, but the Holy Spirit is in the vision of, of correcting our vision and healing our vision. And sometimes, like this blind man, we need another touch so our vision is clarified and our vision becomes unblurred. God has a refuse to live a visionless life because God has one for your life. There is a purpose God created you to fulfill. I don't know the story of your birth. Maybe you come from a dysfunctional family. Oh, oh by the way, that's all families. It's all families. And maybe there's been some really adverse environments in your upbringing or your current realities. But wherever you are in life, I just want you to know something. You are God's workmanship. The book of Ephesians says we are his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Workmanship is the Greek word poema. A poema was a one-of-a-kind original masterpiece created by a master artist. It was a priceless work of art. You are a one. There'll never be another one like you. Your DNA is unique. Your fingerprints unique. Your personality unique. Your gifting unique. There's God made you special for a reason, and, and so there's a purpose God created you to fulfill. There's a problem God saw there'd be a problem in 2019, and so there's a problem God created you to solve. God saw mountains happening in this generation. Mountains of 
difficulty and problems. And there's a mountain God created you to move. Now, all those things happen by us seeing and by us attaching our faith to God. And so the man says, Christ prayed for the man. And the man said to Jesus, after he had been prayed for, well, I see, but I see people, and I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So he had blurred vision. Now, I, I just want to stop there for a minute because I believe that describes a whole large percentage of Christians that have gone through difficulties and because of whatever has happened in their life, they, they have the capacity of sight because of Christ, but their vision is unclear, it's blurred, it's distorted. There's disclarity, there, there, there's not definition, there's not a clarity of sight because of life. And so God sent me all the way across the world to tell you God's going to clarify your vision. God's going to heal your vision. And, and he said, I see things, but they're, they're not the way they should be. I see men as tree, men as tree walking. This lack of clarity, God's going to help you get free from. I just want to share. I shared this last year, but I'll share it in 90 seconds. And I've been in the ministry my whole life. Went to Bible school at 18, married at 21, started my first church at 27. The Lord blessed that church. Sometimes it's just the right place, right time, right moment. And that church burgeoned from, in 10 years, from uh, 12 people to 4,500 people on the weekend. We were building a large building. Our, our worship leader was Israel Houghton. You may have heard of him. Ricardo Sanchez was with us. We had a dynamic team. We were building a 4,800-seat auditorium. We had it halfway done. It was quite a structure on the busiest street in our city. And in, in August of 1995, our treasurer, who was the businessman overseeing our building program, embezzled $20 million from us. We had all of our church accounts, and many of us, 2,000 of us, had our personal accounts with him. So in one moment like that, we lost $20 million. The church, there's no recovering from that. There was 10 front-page stories. Um, I had six lawsuits, class action lawsuits, 15 concurrent attorneys. Our church grew from 4,500 to about 150 or so on weekends. That's the wrong way. We lost our house. We were homeless as a family, literally homeless. All this thing, my son became a drug addict. And so everything that could go wrong, that, that's what you call a woozy of a story. I, I, I forgot to announce the first uh, uh, service. But I've just written a book called God of the Comeback, how, how God brought me back from death, how God resurrected in the same city where all that happened, God's given us a miracle. But here's my point. I, be I became clinically depressed from 1995 to 1997 and a half because I lost my hope. And here's what Proverbs 13 says, when hope leaves, hope deferred makes your heart sick. Why? Because hope is the oxygen of the human soul. We were not meant to live one day without hope in our hearts. And, and, and so I became depressed, and I knew I was depressed because I was finishing my PhD in psychology. And so I laid on my own couch and said, you're very sick, sir. I said, I know I'm sick. Back off. And the, that, that internal dialogue and all those things happen. And it's tough to be 37 and think your life is over. So that really happened to me. And, and, and so the Lord said to me, here, here's the way I got out of my pit of despair. The first thing was, he said, Michael, if you will forgive the people that hurt you, I will make you forget the pain they've caused you. That comes from the story of Joseph, whose son was Manasseh, to forget. 
And so I made a list. I checked it twice. Everybody was naughty. Nobody was nice. But I made my forgiveness list. I prayed blessings over them. I didn't pray those David prayers. Oh, God, make their hair fall out, their, feet, their teeth fall out. Make them snaggle tooth and ugly. No, I prayed blessings, blessings. And, and Jesus, one day when I was driving, he visited my car, started weeping uncontrollably, and he took out all the pain that life had put into me. I've been able to minister to many of the people who caused that great heartache in my life. I feel nothing but oceans of love for them because Jesus knows how to heal you. So that really happened. And so the first thing that happened was my heart began to dream about the future again. See, see God made your heart a dream machine. And if you're not dreaming, something's wrong in your mechanics, your heart. You know your heart is healthy when you dream again. God made you to dream, to, to work in cooperation and conjunction with heaven, thinking and imagining a heavenly future for your story. Releasing the will of God, the heart of God. If you can dream it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. And so I see men as walking. God helped me. And, and 16 years ago, uh, just last month, I started a new church, same town. Went from Scottsdale to inner city Phoenix. Rented a big auditorium and preached a message called 1010. I rented a 1,000-seat auditorium. About 63 people showed up. My message was, we're going to be a church of 10,000 and, and participate in equipping, starting, and, and resourcing 10,000 churches. Now, if you were in the audience that day and saw this vast auditorium empty and looked up at the preacher, you think, well, the poor guy's been through a lot. I think he's, I think he's gone over the edge. But now, 16 years later, later nobody laughing. We got 18 campuses. We got a bunch of miracles. My sermon Two weeks ago was 2020 vision to give you a kind of an idea. So Jesus has made me the comeback kit. I'm no different than you. When I saw that I could have a future, God gave it to me. Because if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, I wonder what you, wonder what God's ready to show you. And so my last point is that this man, this, this blinded man, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. I, I, I just love that, everything clearly. Everything clearly. So what does that mean? That often in life we need that second touch. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'll conclude with that, and we'll start praying. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the, 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 the Samarian the Samarian. Uh, 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 army, um, excuse me, the Syrian army comes against Elijah in order to try to destroy the prophet Elijah because he's been protecting the army of Israel from uh, surprise attacks from the Syrian army. And, and, and so they send a whole battalion of troops to go get Elijah. And, and, and when his servant woke up and went outside and saw the whole city surrounded by uh, the, the, this massive army, including chariots, he ran inside and said, Master, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and, and here's what Elijah said, and I'm saying to you, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And, and, and so perspective is everything. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God, open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see what you can do. My son was on drugs for seven years and such a great, uh, handsome, awesome young man. And I thought it was hard losing a church until I had a son lost. And man, it just broke my heart. And, and, and after a while, I just got used to having an, a, a son who was an addict. And, and the Lord said to me, I, 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 I want you to see something different about your son. I want you to see your son as a great man of God. I want you to see every prophetic promise I've ever given him. I want you to see him that way. And I want you to talk to him about that way. Because I can't bless things as long as you're cursing them. Don't pray problems, pray promises. Don't pray the problem, pray the promise. And so I started praying for my son. And every time I'd see him, I put my arm around him. I said, Matthew, you're going to shake the world. You're a history maker. You're a world shaker. You're going to be a great father, a great man of God, a great business person. And, and within six weeks, I'd been praying for seven years, but within six weeks of seeing him differently, God visited my son, set him free. He came home with the Bible school, was a missionary in Haiti. Now the leader in our church, has four children. That The baby taking a milk bath was his. He's a miracle. When you see things, how God would make them, miracles are unleashed. When we see things differently in this C3 movement, God wants you to see some things. Your pastors are entering to a new season of clarity of sight. There's going to be an expansion of vision. There's going to be the shifting of positions, all because God's doing something good. You're moving to a new level. You're moving to a new dynamic. You're moving to a new expression. And God can't wait for you to see it and participate in it. In your own story, God wants you to revisit things you've been blinded about. Concerning your family, concerning people like my son, maybe you've given up on some folks God hasn't given up on, and he'd like you to take another look at them. Maybe God would like to show you another look at your business. In my city, God gave me a miracle when no one said it was possible, kind of like the Australian election. No one said I could ever come back in the same city where I had a setback. No one but Jesus. And when you have Jesus, you have a majority. Thank you, God, for opening our eyes. Thank you, God, for helping us. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness in our lives and our story. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.